0: Welcome to work life Imbalance, balance an advice show focusing on workplace and lifestyle issues. Any resemblance to actual advice, living or dead, or actual wisdom, is purely coincidental. I'm your monstrous manager, Frank Eastman. And I'm your lovable office companion, Derek Lewis. Today we'll be discussing multi-level marketing in the deep dive before we answer an audience question and an issue from the internet. But first... Time for the Daily Stand-Up.
1: I've been thinking about it, and after our last episode where, you know, we really got blue and, you know, really went deep into the bathroom humor, I kind of feel like, I don't know, I feel like we found our our thing. So, you know, maybe we don't have to do it every time, but, uh, you know, I felt right. I felt right while we were doing that Bathroom Spectacular. Um, Excellent. I don't know, maybe <laughs> in the interest
0: of yes. And I'm going to say yes. And it is, it is purely, uh, in everyone's best interest that I now announce, uh, Derek's spin-off podcast.
1: <laughs> I am just playing. I know that I get one of those every 35 episodes, so I'll, I'll be looking forward to episode 70, but, uh, in the meantime, we'll keep it non bathroom humor li- related.
0: all right i mean we may end up answering a
1: couple of those questions here or there but uh yeah (laughs) okay well in that case hit me with the daily stand-up
0: so for the daily stand-up it's coming on toward the end of summer Derek. thank god and that means the end of baseball season and that means the end for now of the rivalry between my favorite two minor league baseball teams.
1: <laughs> All right, regale me with the tale of uh, of gallantry and spectacular sport that is this this rivalry. So the the first
0: of my favorite teams are the Savannah
1: Bananas. <laughs> Savannah Banana, oh God. Okay, uh b- before I wasn't sure how I was going to like this, but I am I am now on board just for that clever wordplay. They are locked in a duel to the
0: death with a nearby mm-hmm. team, the Macon Bacon.
1: Oh my god. Okay, I'm I'm fully in now. This is <laughs> the <laughs> the Savannah Bananas and the Macon Bacons.
0: Yep. Oh, I mean, uh Wordplay is heavy in little league teams anyway, or not little league, but sure. uh, minor league teams anyway. Yeah, um, but uh, the Savannah Bananas and the Macon Bacon are are probably taking the cake there.
1: <laughs> I mean, I assume that with I assume that with the minor league, they do get paid like some amount. Um, oh, and these motherfuckers are making bank. And not not on the baseball.
0: No, no, not on the baseball. It's because everybody who fucking hears of them loves them so much that they have to buy some merch.
1: (laughs) Well, I mean, I hadn't heard of them, and now I want to buy some merch, so. Exactly. So I think
0: their tickets are all ready for the next season in a a you-have-to-enter-a-drawing-in-order-to-buy-tickets state. Jesus Christ, that is, (laughs) that is insane. So, I mean, there's, like, popular, sold out, and then we have to have a lottery
1: to allow people to buy these fairly. Wow. Um, I mean, so, (laughs) do they just, like, play against each other the whole season, or are there other games mixed in, too?
0: Oh, no, they've got other games throughout, uh, throughout the Georgia and Southeast area, I think. But uh, okay. but the definitely the, the rivalry is between those two teams. And I think it's <laughs> it's a duel largely to see who has the best pun for a name.
1: I mean, okay, so so the two obviously that I have been exposed to so far, um I I like the macon Bacon more because I, I think that is uh more clever wordplay, but I do feel that uh that makin was a better, better springboard than Savannah, but uh, I mean yeah, to get so to I, the I, Savannah I w- Bananas was a pretty good, pretty good leap. Yeah, I agree. Um, I wish I knew more towns in Georgia because I feel we could go off on a little bit of a tear <laughs> into funny Georgia-based minor league team names, um, but nothing rhymes with Duluth. Marietta <laughs> Pancettas i could see the marietta pancettas atlanta fanta's that's that's, that's, that's kind of a stretch i feel yeah I don't, yeah, that's, uh, yeah, get... but, uh, yeah we don't want we don't want him to get sued
0: <laughs> now i could see fanta possibly going in and i think that's a coke product but it might be a pepsi product if it's a coke product yeah. there we go if fanta is actually right. produced at the end of the day by pepsi i know the city of atlanta they are, um, they are a little uh, militant about their Coke products
1: there in the home of Coca-Cola. So this is not going to make good audio, so we may have to trim some of this. But I'm looking through the list of, uh, of cities now. Boy, I-, I think we got the only three <laughs> that were worth naming a team after. I mean, we've got shit here like the Birmingham Barons. Okay.
0: I guess we got yeah. alliteration. Then we've got right. the Montgomery Biscuits. Like, now we're just naming you Southern fucking me? foods. Oh, yeah, no.
1: <laughs> oh, God. Montgomery Biscuits. Yep. And that's also confusing to, uh, to people from Great Britain or from the UK because they're expecting cookies. And all of a sudden, it's just like their version, you know, our better version of scones. So they'd be really confused.
0: Yeah, we we do have the better version of scones. I will say that the Montgomery biscuits have a uh mascot and that is pretty cool. It's a giant biscuit.
1: I I'm not surprised. I'm I'm trying to see how this would work. Like is it is it kind of like a I think there was a McDonald's hamburger suit, like mascot suit back in the day? where it was literally just a hamburger with, like, legs and arms. Is that what we're looking at with the biscuit? Yes. Yeah, it's just the, the round
0: of the biscuit face-on with arms and legs sticking out of it and a little face on it.
1: Okay, so it's more of like a 7-Up Cool Spot uh, yeah. type of situation. Yeah. Okay, that, that seems a little better, a little, <laughs> a little more manageable from a center of gravity standpoint.
0: Yeah, no, it, it's, uh, yeah, I could see it being a little like the, the hamburger, but, uh, yeah, that guy, like, uh, Mr. Mc
1: uh, Mayor McCheese. Mayor McCheese. Uh, well, that was just his head though. Yeah. Was his head not? was just a giant hamburger. Yeah. Maybe that's, what, maybe that's what I was thinking of. Uh, cause yeah, somebody is just like a, an enormous round hamburger, uh, with just, you know, parallel to the floor. With just arms and legs sticking out, that that doesn't not sound like it would work very well. But yeah, I, I, don't Mon- yeah I, I don't feel that monster. Yeah, I don't feel the Montgomery biscuits is very creative. <laughs> you could insert any Southern breakfast food, and I think it's just as effective. Although I will say, if it was like the Montgomery grits, I feel I feel the the mascot would be a lot more difficult to <laughs> to come up with. <laughs> just a mass of <laughs> grits. <laughs> <laughs> oh god um yeah but so the uh the rivalry that you're, that you're talking about um I mean it, how far back does this go like is this a fairly new thing like since social media it's caught on or I think it's has caught been on since the internet
0: like it's the kind of thing that really gets popular when people hear about it and then as I said I think they're making a lot of their money off of the merchandise at this point
1: right yeah um I'm not saying that I will later look up a Macon Bacon or Savannah Banana merch, but I'm not saying I certainly won't. And see, the thing is, like, I think this presents a a relatively difficult decision for me because uh, I admire the wordplay. Like, I think that's funny as shit, but I also really, really fucking hate baseball. And like the most dangerous part of that is that somebody might actually like recognize as a baseball team and come talk to me about baseball, and that's a real bad scene, Frank. I, I'm not I'm not fond of that prospect. I I don't necessarily like baseball. I will
0: say going to minor league games can be fun if you're if right. you've
1: got like a box. Right. Yeah, and we we've discussed that before. How essentially the the box makes it to where you are, uh, you are. You have all the amenities of being inside, such as AC, uh, some sort of you know buffet of of hot dogs, um, maybe even mini hot dogs, and things like that. Um, but you are able to watch the game from from the comfort. But re- you know, just saying that out loud, like it really just sounds like you're watching it on a big screen TV. To be honest, um, isn't nature I mean, maybe just the, the biggest screen? But it's got bugs and. I generally don't have bugs in my house, which is definitely a feature, but when I looked for apartments, I looked for the one that said mostly bug-free.
0: I mean, yeah,
1: but isn't that like just the ultimate in 3D? Okay, when I was 18 and went to Disney World, they had the A Bug's Life 4D experience, and you know, it was, you know. They put some shitty ass like 3D glasses on you and the bugs come out at you like, whoa, whoa. Uh, But then they would like they had these nozzles in front of your seat that would spray you with stuff. And I've experienced those. That's terrible. It was awful. Like, I'm fine with a little bit of spritzing, but then there's a scene with a stink bug and they started spraying like stink bug funk into the theater. Now, let me explain something else to you. It was terrible that morning. I had been feeling a little mm, iffy, and you know my my stomach was rumbling. And like this is only like, a three day trip to Disney World that um you know the the <laughs> that I was with with uh, a show choir, and you know you just basically get to go up there, you sing once, and the rest of the time you're just doing Disney trip. Well, like I said, that morning uh we went to the Animal Kingdom, and I started to feel queasy and it was not <laughs> it was not long after that beautiful 4D stink bug experience that queezy went uh just <laughs> you lost your 11. montgomery biscuits yeah uh i committed i committed crimes wait hold on. i was the i committed oral crimes cuz i i it was it was vomiting instead of the other. Um, the oral did you crimes... make it to the bathroom in order to make toilet crimes? <laughs> but, yeah, but the, you know, the thing is that saying you committed oral crimes in the Animal Kingdom <laughs> bathroom at Disney World doesn't necessarily <laughs> quite. <laughs> oh, no. But uh, I, I feel that the stink bug, uh, the the ants uh, or a bug's life 4D experience led to or contributed to my my then. <laughs> uh projectile vomiting experience and uh yeah i i missed out on wh- whatever the 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 other one is where like some other cool shit happens i spent the next eight hours while everyone else is having fun in the sick bay and uh yeah that's i don't think the bugs life did that to you derek i think I'm it was that saying... questionable hot dog you had earlier but you know i i make a lot of questionable food decisions, but but no matter how much I rack my brain, I cannot figure out what did it on that trip. Like I thought that I was rather conservative in the amount of, uh, or the type of shitty food that I had, but that was my, my first bout of like true, just (laughs) excruciating food poisoning. Um, it's only happened to me four times in my life. Um, and that was the first and the worst. And, uh, (laughs) <laughs> what's funny that was the that was the trip that that like the first trip that I went on with Jessica like we weren't dating yet and you know, we were kind of hanging around with each other so it's kind of where we fell in love um, so with my budding love for my future wife this is the sweetest the fucking of...
0: story on the planet
1: <laughs> about how
0: you and your wife fell in love on the trip in which you were horking all over the goddamn place in the magic fucking kingdom
1: (laughs) oh god oh uh, and the thing is you're exactly right like uh, like (laughs) when i came out it was at like it was like 8 p.m when i got done with my food poisoning adventure uh and you know i i think i caught like the the fireworks display that night or something and uh yeah, I came out and she was like, oh, my God, are you okay? We haven't seen you in eight hours. We thought you died. I was like, well. <laughs> uh, she saw it, you it, wan it, and
0: pasty and sweaty and was <laughs> like, yes, this is the man I want to spend my life with.
1: <laughs> oh, God. I- I'm not saying it's necessarily uh, going to be the next rom-com, but uh, I- I'm I'm certain it's already been one, I suppose. But uh no, so 4D experiences with bugs and shit like that. No, sir. The outside can go fuck itself. Ah, <laughs> uh, but you would think you would have fond memories of it because in the end you found true love. I mean, it was it was somewhat fond memories, yeah. But uh the the feeling that I remember having after catching a whiff of that stink bug ass juice. <laughs> in in bug's life 4d that that haunts my nightmares it's one of the most evocative (laughs) evocative memories i have that is tied to smell and uh yeah no thank you so speaking of nightmares derek want to get to the deep dive (laughs) let's do that all right today on the deep dive we are going to to discuss multi-level marketing schemes at the office uh for those of you that are not aware a multi-level marketing scheme is—it's uh, a system of selling products and building a, a network of people under you, so that their revenue also benefits you, and yours benefits those above you. There are few things more annoying in the office than a coworker who just got into a multi-level marketing scheme. So, Frank, have you have you witnessed this firsthand very often? Well, it's not necessarily
0: multi-level marketing, but. Would you like to buy some Boy Scout
1: popcorn? I, I was I was thinking about kind of throwing that in there because uh, you have like the Boy Scout popcorn, you have uh, the obviously the Girl Scout cookies, which is a it, it's a curse and a blessing because I hate it when when like the parents or like God forbid like they they bring their child through the office to like send people in to guilt them to to you know. Sign up for some Girl Scout cookies. I, I hate that, but at the same time, I'm like, "Fuck yes, I want some cookies." Yeah, I'm just mad that you're guilting me into it.
0: Yeah, I mean, they're delicious Girl Scout cookies. Unfortunately, I mean, there's with, only six in the box. With the Boy Scouts, you've you've got this uh, this low rent fucking <laughs> popcorn
1: scam they've got going on. <laughs> so what what was the thought behind that? Why would they go with this like shitty ass popcorn, especially knowing that the Girl Scouts have like. You know, the market quartered on fucking delicious cookies. Like, why would they not try to at least compete with that?
0: I think because, I mean, the Girl Scouts, it's delicious. It's portable. It's shelf stable. I mean, for Mm -hmm. the for the Boy Scouts, I could see them trying to go like the Omaha steak route where it's like
1: (laughs) Boy Scout steaks. I, I can see that. And I, I might buy some of that. Yeah. Like, that would be okay. It's a great idea, but then you've got to trust young children
0: in order, to, you know, for them to transport <laughs> meat products safely.
1: I do see the critical flaw in that plan.
0: Yeah. I, um, and this is how we end up with food poisoning. I'd, I would not necessarily trust my own child to carry around, I don't know, the red flyer wagon filled with meat products, you know, just individually
1: wrapped <laughs> steaks shucked in the back. <laughs> They're not, they don't even have the, uh, the, uh, the dry ice container with it. Like they just literally just have raw meat, uh, very precariously wrapped, uh, inside of the, the red wagon. Heartwarming and heartwarming. <laughs> but, it, it <laughs> and the good thing is, is that I this shows a little bit of forethought and ingenuity by the, uh, by the kids, because if you have the, the red wagon, it won't show that, the the stakes are melting and bleeding in, into the bottom of the wagon. So exactly, uh, yeah, a little, little bit inconspicuous, I suppose. Now, when I worked
0: at uh, a school, I got a lot more of uh, in the way of people who were in like the traditional pyramid scheme, multi level marketing
1: stuff. Right. I I don't mean to be too prejudiced here, but the one that I've had the worst time with. Is fucking Brand X. Holy shit! They're the like they're the OG. They are because I can remember back in like 2002, like getting harassed by Brand X representatives. And they, I mean, the thing is, like, I'm a guy. Like, I guess it's a little bit, a little bit uh, gender normative to say that guys don't wear makeup, and because. It, You know, whatever, whatever you want to do, if you want to buy makeup and put it on, that's fine. Just don't fucking buy it from Brand X. But I would have, you know, I would have people come up and say, hey, do you want to buy your mom or your sister some makeup? And I'm like, fucking no. A, like, back at that point, I was not up on makeup. Like, I didn't know what was good and what was bad. Um, (laughs) They were preying upon me. Like, they were preying upon my ignorance to buy this, like, $45 lipstick. And... And the thing is, is it, like, it's never just, like, one person, and... Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's I, kind I, of a cult, really. I mean, most of these
0: end up absolutely. being very culty. Like, I, I've especially noticed it on, like, social media and stuff, where it's, like, I've got a friend, and then that friend gets into one of these multi-level marketing things, and then it's... Right. Like, it immediately and rapidly takes over the entirety
1: of their Facebook presence. And it's so frustrating, because the thing is, like, I... I don't mind people having a side hustle. Like if people want to do something on the side, like just to make some money, that's fine. Like throw me an ad, you know, throw me a little promotion about your stuff every now and then. But you know, part of the stuff with like this multi-level marketing stuff is that you, you legitimately have to be talking about it every second of every day or else you will lose everything you own. Because they're so predatory. And so, you know, unless you are already okay and like don't necessarily need the income, if you drop like three grand to like set yourself up with some products so that you can then sell them. If you if you don't sell those products, you lose all that money. And God forbid, you know, they they just like send you the next order. And then, you know, they send you a bill for for the next three thousand dollars or something like that. Like. They will come for that money. You thought the mob was bad? Holy <laughs> shit. These multi-level marketing people, I mean, they will come and they will they will start by, like, gently poisoning your pets, uh, puncturing your tires, breaking your kneecaps. Uh, it, it It gets nasty. I'm just picturing, like, a pink Cadillac pulling up with a bunch of men in pink coming out. You know, kind of like men in black, except all in matching pink suits. I mean... I think that would be sufficiently intimidating, but like in a, in a fairly indirect way, like that's not, that's not terribly inaccurate, but that's the thing. Is it like, I, I'm not saying that people are like super gullible, like, like some people are super gullible, but it's surprising the people that fall for the multi-level marketing stuff, because like some people that I, that I, I consider extremely intelligent, um, well, I mean it's it's about trying to make some money. Like that's that's the
0: entirety of it, is they're selling people right. greed to some extent. Like right. I could you can make, you know, as much money as you can make from home by selling this stuff. And what it ends up doing is it just like invades and begins to degrade all of your friendships because you're pressuring right. your friends to buy your, you know, herbal supplements or whatever. And at first they will humor you, but eventually, you know, right. they're they're going to grow tired of being relentlessly marketed to. And I've seen this destroy a lot of people's sort of friend groups as someone inside gets gets sort of looped into one of these multi multi level marketing things, and then next thing you know, you know, they've
1: become persona non grata. But the thing is, you know, you're talking about all this like promotion and um and all this shameless stuff that you know, people do for you know making money and stuff like that. Just think about our podcasting. Like <laughs> I've told each of my friends once, maybe twice. And that second time I could tell that my, my welcome was worn out. Like <laughs> that's how fast it flipped. Uh, it, people do not want to like have this shit shoved in their face. Um, whether it be a free service, like, like podcasting provides like, um, I mean, it's cool if people want to support us, but we're not... We're yeah, not we're not trying necessarily to trying product. to get rich here. Right. Um,
0: which that but... might be the problem, Derek. <laughs> we're... What we're going to have to do is we're going to have to start selling the Work-Life and Balance brand.
1: So... Oh, Christ. So just... What products would we sell?
0: No, we're going to sell the podcast, Derek. <laughs> We're producing the podcast, but if we can get six other friends to make the podcast for us, (laughs) and they can get six friends to make the podcast for them, it's just going to keep growing. (laughs) And then we'll be sitting at the top of the pyramid on easy street.
1: uh, So the the problem that I see with that is that like six or seven levels down, it's just going to be like 40 people who don't know each other screaming on the podcast uh, unless we like uh, maybe this is your end run into like i don't know forming some sort of hive mind uh once you get once you get 40 50 60 people in the loop um then you just kind of i don't know connect with them or take them over and all of a sudden you know it's 40 voices in unison singing the praises of uh frank eastman
0: all right so here it is the next patreon level up it's gonna be five hundred dollars a month, but you get the podcast <laughs> <laughs> and then in turn, you
1: can sell other people on the patreon so that they get the podcast. Frank, I know the last episode was pretty stressful for you, um, but I'm feeling a little bit uh, offended here that all of your <laughs> all of your attempts to turn us into a multi level marketing. Pretty much makes it to where you don't have to be on the podcast with me anymore. And I'm starting to get the message. And I'm getting very sad.
0: Well, you wouldn't be part of the podcast anymore, Derek. You would be at the top of the heap with me. We would be the CEOs
1: of Work, Life mm. & Balance Incorporated. Um, all right. So if if you have somebody in the office that is a just a complete nutcase about multi-level marketing and the one that they are currently doing whatever their their particular flavor may be what in the world can you do to make them leave you alone evangelical satanism okay this sounds this sounds like something that could work uh so i i mean what are are you going to actually try to convert them or was this just like a uh i mean if they're if they're going to come at you then, then
0: you just come right back at them, you know. So they're mm. they're like, "Hey, have you heard about Roden and Fields' uh, face wash?" And you can be, "Have you heard the good word?" <laughs>
1: uh-huh. And if nothing else, it'll get them to leave you alone. I mean that that's what I'm I'm curious about. Like, is it is it purely supposed to be repellent, or? uh is this another strategy for you to kind of cash in on some fad and turn multi-level marketing into like multi-level cult recruitment i mean they're pretty much the same thing <laughs> <laughs> it's repellent until it until it works and then free cult exactly uh,
0: then once again i'm like well i have all these mephistopheles cultists i guess <laughs> I might as well mobilize them to do something, like right. buy my
1: podcast. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, let, let's take the elevator to accounting, and on the way, I've got I've got these new shakes that I'm that I'm doing that I really love, and you know I'd, I'd love for you to try one. First one's free. Oh man, now I'm missing the bathroom episode. <laughs>
0: All right, Derek, time for the review retrospective. I can't wait. First up, just started binging, and I am glad I did. Five stars by Jen Crush. I was told of this podcast from a friend, and so I thought I would give it a go. The relationship between the hosts is amazing, and I cannot get enough. I listen slash binge while I am walking on my breaks at work, Because I need that extra boost. Thanks, guys.
1: (laughs) So uh, I will say for the record, we do not promote physical activity while listening to our show. I feel that would probably um, whatever pump you're getting from your exercise or workout, um, we probably will, will negate it. I think I don't know maybe we'll start
0: adding a new segment in there somewhere that's specifically for the workout where we're just we're doing the usual shit that we're doing but we've got like really upbeat and steady music with a good BPM that people can jog to
1: yeah that sounds awful that, that sounds
0: <laughs> just two assholes I... in electronica <laughs>
1: Oh, God, that sounds terrible. And also uh, to her comment about our, our relationship being amazing, um, that clearly was before the bathroom spectacular. So that's understandable for her to think that that we're doing OK. It was uh, we're but we are rebuilding. We are. We've gone to counseling. I um, don't know how I can trust again, Derek. <laughs> I, un- I understand. I get it. Um, you are you are heard. I hear you. <sighs> Halfway
0: through episode one And I'm sold Five stars Brook reading I'm not even finished listening to this episode And I had to write my review These guys are great, very insightful But can weave humor and depth Into their stories of malaise I'm officially a fan and can't wait To listen to more
1: That I believe that is uh, Melissa from the Brook reading podcast And she is a friend of the show She had to stop what she was doing <laughs> um i feel that because i i think i actually remember when she uh first downloaded our podcast because she had messaged me about it and i believe i had recommended for her to not start at episode one to just like start like towards the the middle or end uh because uh the first episode is frankly um you can never listen to the first episode of a podcast like a podcast you
0: have to start with the later stuff and then once you have irrevocably fallen in love with the two adorable goofballs then you go back to the first episode and go jesus christ
1: the quality on this thing was
0: fucking (laughs) terrible
1: exactly and and that's the problem like like if somebody was to start from episode one on us like i i feel we kind of had We had some good stuff out the gate, but, uh, but the fact that I remember your editing for episode one included, uh, about 25 minutes of my bullshit stories on the cutting room floor. Like that was, that was untenable. Like, (laughs) I'm not saying my storytelling is, is much better. Uh, we've tightened it up a little bit. I, I think I have improved at least like 50% of my storytelling. So, um, yeah. Uh, Melissa, I am so glad you continue to listen and continue to be our friends after hearing that episode. (laughs) And maybe that will stop once you hear the bathroom spectacular, who knows? (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to be interested to see the metrics. I'm not going to tell you they're good, Frank, because people are, people are gone on Labor Day vacation. Um, so I'm having trouble. (laughs) I'm having trouble gauging whether it's the content or timing, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but we have, we have hit a dip. <laughs> oh, wow.
0: <laughs> oh, Thanks for killing uh, our
1: podcast, Derek. <laughs> I would, I would want it to end no other way. All right, it is time for the Indie Podcast Corner. Frank, why don't you roll that theme music for me? There's there's still a big red button there, Derek.
0: Gather round, kitties, let me spin
1: you a tale Of audio adventure from two fat guys so pale We found these shows and we laughed till we pooed And we've got a feeling that you'll like them too The Indie Podcast Corner. All right. In the Indie Podcast Corner, uh, we take a few minutes to tell you about a new podcast that we've been enjoying that we think you will enjoy too. Our featured show this week is the Random Box of the Month podcast. The hosts are Annie and Ike, and they purchase one of hundreds of monthly subscription boxes available, and provide an honest review of the contents and whether or not the bur- the box is worth the price tag. Um, the two of them are fantastic; they're super funny, uh, and it's it's a surprisingly useful exercise because you know. It Seems like an expensive show to keep up with. It absolutely is. Uh, I'm I'm worried for them because, like, I I mean. Subscription boxes are are not cheap, and like it's like I would say that on average they're probably like forty bucks a pop, and they're doing like two episodes a month. So like they're in the hole for eighty. My God, are they uh, trust fund kids, or are they independently wealthy, or what? <laughs> I don't know. Um, it, it may just be that you know passion project. You know, it doesn't matter how much. Um, honestly, if we had to sink eighty bucks into this podcast every month. Even apart from hosting and other things, uh, that might be problematic. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, that that's honestly part of the reason that I want to to put them on the the indie podcast corner. Um, they only have like two episodes right now. They just released their <laughs> they, second. You
0: went broke, Derek.
1: <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm I'm not saying that, that that's all they have. I'm saying that's all they have so far. They um, declared bankruptcy. They're both. <laughs> In debtor's prison now. <laughs> oh no! Uh, so they started like um, I don't know, like a month ago, maybe maybe less than that. I, I think it's it was probably like three weeks ago. But you know, I I genuinely enjoyed the first episode, and I was I was looking forward to the second episode, which just released a couple of days ago as of this recording, and it's fantastic. Like they the the first box was the a local box where essentially they. <laughs> So they they kind of like went around to like a couple of places in a in a local town and threw some shit in a box and sent it to them. So like they're not they're not always back and winners, but they are giving their honest feedback on this. So I, I think that if anybody is like, and all, and all their episode titles are going to be the name of the box. So if you are looking for you know a, a box to buy that is going to be really cool shit, like just you know eventually look through their episodes and you'll you'll know whether or not. Uh, you would like to buy it, so it sounds
0: like if you like this podcast and you like its format, get on it now because they're burning money like fucking movie pass.
1: <laughs> um, uh, and i I would like to I would like to see them become somewhat solvent before before they go bankrupt. So yeah, it's really interesting. And like I said, they only have two episodes right now, so you can binge their entire collection very easily. Uh, very. You will. You are. (laughs) Oh!
0: Oh God! Oh! These sweet children! Oh! Oh! You can practically get in on the ground floor. You can get in on the ground floor of this one. Oh, they're oh. going to have to sell the podcast in order to just keep their heads <laughs> above water.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, but no, uh, Annie and I, were uh, we're rooting for you. Uh, you can find them on iTunes under random box of the month or on Twitter at, uh, R B O T M pod. Uh, they pronounce it our bottom pod, which I think is just, just I mean, that, great. That's an entirely different kind of podcast, but sure. That's kind of what they were concerned about to begin with. I believe one of them is for calling it our bottom. The other, not as crazy about it, but, uh, but yeah, uh, I think they're great and you guys should check them out. All right, Frank, you want to hit me with an, with a question from the audience? Indeed. How much of your personal life is the business
0: of your boss and work peeps? Is it rude to want privacy?
1: From Amy, from yes but why? Hmm. This one's a this one's a little bit vague. Or maybe not vague. Uh this one is a little bit broad overall. Um I mean frankly, my my opinion is that uh whatever business you don't want other people to know, like you shouldn't have to tell them like they shouldn't have to know your backstory to, to be able to work with you. On the other hand, I will say, I find it personally offensive when people don't grow fond of me and tell me about themselves. Like no shit, legitimately, not even goofing. (laughs) I, I get very upset when people, uh, that I've worked with for a year or more, um, still won't tell me anything about their lives like that makes me that makes me so fucking sad like <laughs> it I is wish. it
0: is honestly to me kind of unbelievable that i do this podcast at all because i police everything i say to right. an almost insane degree like i have i have become fairly adept at office place sort of bullshit conversations Right. Where I'm just... Say, saying things without actually saying anything. Yeah, where I'm just talking vaguely about, you know, like, oh, did some stuff this weekend. And, you know, it's not necessarily <laughs> lies or anything. It's just so innocuous and inane as to suggest absolutely nothing about me.
1: <laughs> well, well, you know, the thing is, uh, you know, I had this this coworker, and, uh, you, know, we, you know, we both did. And I don't think it is... Uh, I don't think it's unfair to say that this affected me far more than it did you, but you know this coworker, <laughs> she would come in and make statements like, "Oh, I had the best weekend," and we as a team would turn and say, "Oh, that's cool. What what happened?" She was like, "Oh, just stuff," and I'm like, "Why? Don't open why the conversation." You... Yeah, I mean, why would you open with with Clearly, a leading statement. Like, if look, pro tip for anybody out there that wants to know, uh, you know, some some tips on how to handle me in social situations. If I walk in and say, "Oh man, that was the best weekend ever," I am fishing. Like, I am hoping to throw out my lure and have somebody, you know, take the bait and ask me about something because I want to talk to somebody about this thing. Like, no ifs, ands, or buts. And the thing is, I didn't think that that was uncommon like I felt that was a a relatively common social construct if somebody comes in and says oh man you'll never believe the thing I did over the weekend that is an invitation to ask you about it but no this person was (laughs) was not they just wanted to make sure you knew they had a good weekend and that you could fuck right off (laughs) why are you trying to get into my business Derek (laughs) (laughs) It was so frustrating to me because for, for the, at least a year that I worked with this person, you know, I thought I was, I was kind, I was warm, you know, I, I thought I was being a good work friend to this person, but literally like knew nothing about her outside of work. And, And I get it. Like maybe she doesn't want to share a bunch of information about herself with random people. I get it but it's never that's never happened to me like i've never been in a work situation with another human being and not learned about them as a person because you know like i've said before like i get attached to people i really enjoy my coworkers and i i like knowing about them and you know showing that i care by like asking you know oh how's your your pet or your your friend or you know asking them things that that normal people ask about when they care about other people and to have completely been just rebuffed by, by this person, uh, it was a personal fucking mission. If it it says anything about me, I don't think I ever noticed that, that, that they were not returning any information whatsoever or, yeah, like
0: I don't, I don't think I was ever like, my God, I need to know more. I think it was very much like, Cool. And then back to the, the shit at
1: hand. <laughs> well, well, and it's not like it was like, the, like, cause some people are so interesting that, that it's like, please let me live vicariously through your life, through your stories. Like, tell me about your interesting stories. I have worked with a few people like that where it's like, you know, it it's not necessarily a rapport building thing. It is literally just you tell really good stories. So I want to hear more about them. Um, but these weren't that, like, this was purely just, like, this person was, like, a fucking, like, sociopath, like, did not build connections with anybody, and, you know, refused to, to play the game, and it was a personal fucking mission, and when they left, I, I knew that my, my time was up, and I, I just wiped my fucking hands, and I was like... (laughs) I'm stealing your monitor. (laughs) I was going to say, if it's the
0: person that I'm thinking of, at the same time, I found out things about that person, and every time I found anything at all out about them, I wished Uh that I hadn't. It was never good. It was never like, oh my God, that's fascinating. It was more, oh my God.
1: Oh, oh my God. (laughs) oh please please stop talking (laughs) please stop please stop sharing information (laughs) oh okay so so going back uh to the original question and not my neuroses about having to be liked by everyone um (laughs) what uh what level of i guess from a like management perspective what is what is an important level of knowledge of somebody's personal life that that could have a functional effect?
0: I mean, for for a functional effect, and it depends on the culture. So, for instance, um, we work in the southeast, and down here, there's definitely a culture towards a lot more uh, knowing each other's business. I would say, right?
1: A lo- lot of busybodies.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of people that know everything about everybody in the office, and that kind of doesn't necessarily work real well for me (laughs) but so I I end up forming these it's not even like it's not a lie as I've said it's kind of a work persona where Mm -hmm. I I have expressed so much completely general information in response to people wanting to talk about their very specific information that they feel like they have gotten specific information
1: right (laughs) But then it's like, <laughs> it, it is the chaff that you're ejecting, uh, to, to lead people <laughs> off the trail. Exactly.
0: But at the same time, like, I know that there is a point at which I'm going to stop rising through the ranks because I'm just not the go golfing and be best buds with people kind of person that is required for like upper level management in the South. Right. Where right. it's like, how are like the you kids? Have to, you have to hobnob and
1: rub elbows.
0: Yeah, where it's very much expected that you're going to, like, go out and do things together as, like, families and stuff. And
1: it's like, that ain't me, Yeah, yo. And and even somebody like me, who is a, a like I said, a, a very personable person, I still fucking hate that. Like, I think we kind of covered it in the, the work outing episode, but, like, I I have very limited social batteries. Like, I... I, I love interacting with people while I'm at work, but, um, it just so happens that like once five o'clock rolls around, my batteries are pretty much done. Um, so like the, the, some of the work trips we've had where we had to then like after, you know, being at a place for nine hours, you know, talking constantly and interacting with people, we then had to go and, you know, go to a a, a meal or a, a work building exercise that was miserable um, because my, you know, I had to go into that with, with no batteries, like like my, I w- I had no stores of, uh, give a fuck <laughs> and uh, there's no, there's no chemical that I could take to, uh, to add some, you know, artificial give a fuck except for alcohol. Um, there was a lot did, of that consumed during a lot of those. I think that does help. Um, I will say that does expand my social batteries, artificially for a certain amount of time then i pay for it the next day sure um but but i mean in some very strict business cultures
0: overseas and stuff it is it is expected that you are going to go out and get hammered with the team on a fairly regular basis
1: right and again that ain't me yo i i will say uh some of the some of the most interesting conversations and, uh, and this says tie back to the original question of how much do your bosses or your coworkers expect to know about you? Um, I know far more about some of my coworkers um, than I ever wished uh, because of, you know, sitting around, you know, having a couple of drinks and people start getting loose and just start like talking about stuff. And and it kind of goes in a circle like. Like, one person tells a personal story, the next person tells a personal story, go around four or five times, and people are talking about, like, some really weird sexual habits. And I will say, that does help me know them better, and I appreciate that, but at the same time, can't always look them square in the eye after that. I found out like... <laughs> some
0: shit I don't need to know. I mean, right. with with my job roles and responsibilities, like... I can kind of do those things indefinitely. Again, right. without necessarily revealing anything about myself. Like, I have more than once been out and about and everybody else is completely hammered, and it's my job at that point to make sure everyone gets
1: home safe and <laughs> uh, so so you are basically the <laughs> in essence you are the bug. Uh, that is recording all the information and storing the information, but not divulging any information. Exactly. <laughs> Which I'm sure eventually will come back to bite me in the ass. But. I'm collecting dirt on everyone all the time. Yeah. Although I will say that it is likely that the things that, that I had said on like work trips and stuff before pales in comparison to what has been said on this podcast. So I feel that that I have taken the power into my own hands and released the evidence of my crimes. <laughs> so it has no power over me.
0: <laughs> yeah, for someone who, like, really does enjoy his privacy and holds on to it a lot, it's very odd that I decided to start a fucking podcast.
1: <laughs> especially especially with me, who has uh, not a whole lot of filter on on the things that he will say for comedy. <laughs> Oh, you're you're mostly my smoke screen, though, Derek. Want to get to an issue from the internet? Sure, let's do that. So I will say this is oddly thematic uh, to the the question that we just kind of, or, or at least the, the direction of the topic that we just took. It is more about kind of office interpersonal stuff. So this issue is from user Skiddlybop. Skiddlybop. That's a lot of plosives. So this issue, uh, leaving the office on time when nobody else does. I'm the new guy. I've been here for a few weeks now, and although I'm not getting a lot of feedback, it seems like I'm doing well. Work hours and lunch break are clearly defined, and the same for everyone. I arrive on time every morning, don't need a full hour to eat lunch, and get back to work until 6 p.m. when the workday is officially over. I'm a salaried employee, and overtime isn't a thing. Here's the problem, though. When 6 comes around, people don't leave. It's six thirty, seven o'clock, and people just keep working. Of course, I don't expect to hear a loud whistle at 6 o'clock sharp yell yabba-dabba-doo and go clock out. Uh, I, I do feel that is a trademark to Hanna-Barbera, and we will probably get sued, but that's fine. <laughs> Things we do for the podcast. I find a stopping point, turn off my computer, and chat with people a bit and leave between six thirty and seven. Yesterday though, by six forty five, none of my peers or superbi- supervisor had even looked up from the computer and showed no signs of stopping. I felt a sense of guilt as I left. Should I? Would you? I worked diligently, get stuff done, and specifically took this job because although it paid less, it would improve my work life balance.
0: Ah, like the name of the podcast. Exactly. I mean around here it depends. Like about four thirty, most of the offices that I've worked in turn into fucking ghost towns. Right, and and I'm cool with that. Like my my schedule, I don't tend to eat lunches anymore since I have gone onto this particular diet that I'm on. Uh, right, most of my lunch involves like a bar <laughs> at my desk. Uh huh. And so I tend to leave probably a little earlier than some other people, but I try not Mm -hmm. to make it an enormous amount of time. So, because, and this is, this is a problem, especially in other areas, um, you know, work culture in, especially like West coast tech bro culture seems to be a little more oriented to like, we're going to work until late at night. And that's just the expectation because we're all so obsessed with getting our work done and we love our work so much that it becomes sort of a (laughs) cultural norm. Like you are then not working hard enough if you are
1: only putting in 40 hours. Right. Which I I take great, great, great uh, problem with. So obviously, you know, I I think we, you know, it's either something we will cover or something we have covered, but, um, you know, working people into the ground you know, or fostering a culture where people feel like they should work into the ground. Like it may be effective for a little while, but when all your people who would prefer a work-life balance start leaving, I mean, that, that is going to in the long run, kill your productivity. So, you know, I am, you know, I've always been of of the mind that like, I don't always want to be the first one leaving. Like I don't, I, I, but I, I would kind of feel bad in this case. Like I would feel, you know, I would feel a kind of a, a pang of guilt that I was leaving first. Uh, uh, no, it, honestly, it wouldn't be guilt. It would be I would be I would feel mad at my coworkers for putting me in a situation where I have to feel guilty for leaving on time. <laughs> that is my that is my honest heartfelt answer. I think I would be mad <laughs> for
0: this question asker. What you should do is the Ferris Bueller, which is which is a dated reference at this point. But you need to make yourself a little dummy. And Uh toward getting off time at the end of the day, you set the dummy up at your desk behind your keyboard, you put a little hat and some sunglasses on it, and then you sneak out. And then you've got your little decoy sitting there at your desk until whenever everybody else leaves. (laughs) And then not only are you getting out on time, but your boss is like, Johnson, that guy is still there every day when I leave. Right. And he's there when I come in every morning he is an extraordinary worker
1: <laughs> and you're and the then the next day you come in and uh your 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 dummy has been promoted to to be your boss and you're now required to work like all the hours that that you combined with a dummy were working but now the dummy is your boss
0: and the bad thing is because he's your boss and he never fucking leaves now you feel pressured to stay 24 <laughs> hours a day
1: <laughs> we have discovered oh, a God. flaw in my plan derek I think so. So I'm going to counterpoint uh your plan with a plan of my own, and uh, I told you I wasn't going to do toilet humor uh for thirty five episodes, but i'm breaking I- I'm bending it a little bit here. So the thing is is that if people are still working there at at six, six thirty, seven o'clock at night, that's because nothing has driven them away. so I'm not saying that you I, I look I will never ever promote the committing of toilet crimes, but if you could simulate the committing of toilet crimes maybe by some uh um you know some you know bad smell in a can or something like that after your um, experience in the magic kingdom, derek
0: <laughs> and you would do that to others
1: for for me it was uh I felt I was trapped in the 4D experience, but this is more, honestly, this is promoting uh, health and self-health for others. Like this is, uh, everyone should leave at the, at the right time. And you're just encouraging them to leave by making the building literally uninhabitable. No, I mean, it does it doesn't necessarily have to be smell based. I mean, maybe you get like uh, a torture devices and we release locusts. <laughs> See that's the type of ingenuity that that I wanted. You know, release locusts or I would say maybe frogs cuz like locusts could probably fuck shit up a little bit more and and bugs are like straight up gross.
0: Well, well first you
1: release the plague of locusts and then the uh-huh. next day
0: you have to follow it up with the plague of frogs who will frogs. eat the locusts. <laughs> right. And then after that it's a plague of fairly sizable
1: lizards. <laughs> to go around and eat all of the frogs. Uh, I I think we're uh we're going a little bit you know the old woman who swallowed a fly type of thing, um but it would keep the office environment uh fresh and new with all the uh the plagues that you are releasing into it. You know maybe that go with something like the torture device that you were talking about with the uh you know the the beeps that uh that start slow and infrequent but you pick up in volume and frequency. But then they could find it. Eventually, they could they could find it because it's going off too often. Right. Okay. So so leave it uh, infrequent, but but keep it you know kind of loud. See, the only problem is is that I know me, and if. If I was in that situation, I would probably stay until I found it. So it could be 10 PM at night, and I would still be digging through cabinets and ceiling tiles to find where that fucking thing was. Maybe this is why everyone stays so
0: late, Derek. They've already had a failed one of these. Mmm. Okay. And it could be that not everybody is at their desk, everybody is searching.
1: <laughs> I would assume that if if people are working or are at their desk, they probably are not searching for the source of the beep. Now, now the but, original
0: uh, question asker said that everybody had not looked up from their computer, and so I right. realize that my first plan was actually the best plan because what has happened, Derek, <laughs> uh-huh. is that everyone else has Ferris bueller him.
1: Oh, I didn't
0: think about that. <laughs> he's sitting there and waiting for people to look up from their computers but they never do because everybody long ago replaced
1: themselves with dummies wow yeah uh none of my peers or supervisor had even looked up from the computer and showed no signs of stopping wow this is exactly it they have ferris Buellered him and he has been duped all this time holy shit We have finally solved one, Frank. We have we have done it. That's it. Podcast
0: (laughs) is over. I thought it was going to end on the poop episode, but no. (laughs) We made it. It will end with an episode where we
1: did something useful for once. (laughs) And now we will we will dissipate and blow away in the wind, as the prophecy foretold. Derek, I can, I can see a bright light. Should I go towards <laughs> the light, Derek?
0: What color is the light? It's blue and red, interchangeable.
1: <laughs> no! Run, Frank! Run! <laughs> Run as fast as you can. They finally found you. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, You want to plunge the clock? Let's do it. Alright, thank you so much for listening to the show. If you like to support us, you can buy us a coffee or two at bit.ly/wlicoffee. You can also visit our merch store at bit.ly/wlimerch. Also, want to say that if you wanted to tell your friends about us, that's another great way to support us because we can't afford to to pay anybody else to support us. So we rely on the good-natured, uh, heartfelt love that you guys have for the show to tell other people about it. Now, I know this is the same episode as the multi-level marketing. So maybe don't get nuts about it. If but, you tell uh, your friends, get, get four or five of your friends in a group together and force
0: them to listen to the podcast. And then they will get four or five of their friends together and force them to listen to the podcast. I'm, I'm really turning a corner on the multi-level marketing thing. <laughs> I, I like it. I like it. We need to think of a snappy name. We need to think of a snappy name for it, Derek. Right now, or do you want to workshop it? <laughs> we'll workshop it and we'll bring it back.
1: All right. If you have any questions you'd like for us to answer on air, uh, send them to questions at wlicast.com. You can visit us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash wlicast or on Twitter at wlmbalance and use the hashtag wlicast.
0: I've got it, Derek. We'll make <laughs> an app. Uh huh. And then okay. people can get advice through the app. Mm. And we don't even have to give the advice anymore.
1: Oh, this is a eureka moment for me. So who are we going to pay to to give this advice? I don't understand. Is it machines? It's machines, Derek. Oh my God! The robots will give the advice. Oh,
0: we'll never have to wonderful. work a day in our lives. <laughs> well, a little little late for that, I suppose. This has been the Work Life and balance podcast. I'm Frank Eastman. I'm Derek Lewis. And with that, I think we're going to have to transfer you to the new sales department where you can (laughs) learn how to become part of Work-Life Imbalance and bring home thousands of dollars a month.
1: You know, Frank, this whole time, I've been uh, chugging one of these uh, beautiful (laughs) energy supplements, and I can tell you I've never been so jazzed while going through the episode. I think you'll like it. In fact, I've already sent you an email with... uh, With a few things you might like
0: You're gonna go to hell, Derek
1: They're not low-carb, so Oh, okay maybe, Maybe I missed with that one